Use it up, wear it out, make it do, or do without. Where did this famous phrase come from? I'll tell you when we come back. Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I'm going to be talking about the Great Depression. That's right. The Great Depression, the big stock market crash from 1929 that lasted many years into the 30s and probably didn't really turn the tide until about the time we got into World War II. Now, that phrase that I opened with, that was invented during the Great Depression. And why? Because suddenly, seemingly overnight, a lot of wealthy people became quite poor, but a lot of poor people just stayed poor and continued to do the things that they were already doing. My own mom and dad grew up in the Depression. Now, my dad was born and raised in Tennessee. My mother was born and raised in Florida. Now, each of them came from very poor families that had everything they needed, but not necessarily all the things that they wanted. And they learned how to make things last. They learned how to recycle clothing and dishes and metal and anything like that because there just wasn't an abundance of department stores and there was no Amazon. There was nothing like that. These people had to make good and to make do with the clothing that they had, the tools that they had, the food that they had. Nothing went to waste and everything was considered reusable if possible. So I'm going to share with you some reading that I've done about the 20 Great Depression era money-saving tips. Number one, Make your own cleaning products. You know, a lot of people are buying cleaning products in the stores, many of whom are labeled as natural or uh, sulfate-free or what have you. And you can actually go to nature itself. You can actually make cleaning products out of vinegar and water, for example, with a lot of really good results. You can do a 50-50 mixture of vinegar and hot water. You can add a little lemon juice to that, and you've got a great cleaner for your countertops, your sinks, your floors, and more. Now, do you need a little scrubbing power in your cleanup? You can make a paste of baking soda and water, and that will help you scrub if you've got more grime or grease that you have to deal with. Okay, tip number two, keep an herb garden. Oh, I know it's very convenient to just go to the grocery store and just buy a whole bunch of herbs you're going to use once, maybe twice. But you know, growing your own herbs is very cost effective. Many of them come back year after year. I have rosemary herbs right now that are going into their third year. I planted them some time ago and they're just keep coming back. So you can actually grow your own herbs and it doesn't take a lot of space, doesn't take a lot of time, and it certainly doesn't take a lot of money. So you can buy seeds for just pennies or you can actually purchase these ready-made indoor herb garden kits that are available from a variety of sources. Third, you can use just a dab. Now, what do I mean by that? A lot of times we're using a tremendous amount more excess of our shampoo, our toothpaste, cleaning products, all that sort of thing. We're probably using way too much of it because we know if we run out, we can just run and buy some more. But if you'll cut back 
on the amount of toothpaste, the amount of shampoo and conditioner, the amount of some of these things, you'll find that these products will last you a lot longer. And that is a much more cost-effective way to get by. You know, you'll be surprised to learn that even on the toothpaste tube, it'll say, use a drop about the size of a pearl. Most people are putting a big old long stripe all over the whole toothpaste and then adding more later on. You don't need that much. It doesn't require that much. See where you can skimp back and save a little bit on something like that. Fourth tip, learn some basic sewing. Now, I'm not suggesting you run out and buy a sewing machine. I'm saying if you'll just learn how to sew a button back on, or if you'll learn how to do a little hem stitch or maybe just a little decorative repair work, you can find that your clothes will last a lot longer and serve you a lot better and you've saved money and time. You know, we have to get used to the idea that we may need to hang on to some things because with supply chain issues, we're not able to buy clothes and things like that as readily as before. I mean, it's not altogether bad yet, but it could be. So learn to sew on a button before you decide to toss that shirt or pair of pants. Learn a few basic techniques. And I'm talking to the men and the women. There is no shame in a man learning how to sew. So I think that would be a great way to uh, make your clothes last longer and really save money. That's more of a depression era kind of fix. Let's mention our wonderful sponsors for Practical Prepping Podcast. ProLine Digital Group. If you are a small business owner and could use more customers, check out their digital lead service. It's perfect for landscapers, mechanics, local attorneys, photographers, any other local small businesses. And Jim Curtis Knives. Jim builds custom knives that are as functional as they are beautiful. Every knife comes with a lifetime guarantee, lifetime sharpening, and two band-aids. Yes, they really are that sharp. Also, the base handgun training system. We're working our way through the base handgun training system right now, and we'll be giving you more updates as we go. But if you have a handgun and you've never had formal training with that handgun, this might be the training you need. It's all web-based and you don't have to go anywhere. And it comes with some cards to help you do the drills. And so take a look at the base handgun training system. And all of these are linked off of our website. Let us tell you about a new sponsor on Practical Prepping Podcast. I'm excited about this one. This is Clean Start. Now, Clean Start sent us some products to test when we first started talking with them about becoming a sponsor. And one of the reasons is we don't want any sponsor who we are not certain provides a great product, but also products that we use and trust. And we've been very impressed with the products that we've tested. And tested may not be the right word. Started using daily may be a better description. Clean Start moisturizing hand sanitizer and wound care solution. Alcohol-based hand sanitizers remove oils from your skin, and it leaves your hands very dry. Alcohol-based hand sanitizers also quit killing germs when they dry. Clean Start is a non-alcohol hand sanitizer. And not only does it kill germs, but it keeps killing them for up to two hours. Clean Start is also FDA-approved antiseptic for wound care. There's no sticky residue or smell. And when we say started using daily, I mean that I have been carrying a 1.7-ounce refillable foaming dispenser in my uniform pocket. And there's several reasons. 
One, you mentioned those alcohol-based hand sanitizers drying your skin. They are also potentially deadly to law enforcement and emergency medical personnel who may come into contact with certain drugs like fentanyl. Alcohol-based hand sanitizers open the pores of the skin when it's applied, and it allows for accidental overdoses and life-threatening situations. But Clean Start alcohol-free-based hand sanitizer eliminates those risks with patent-pending protection against accidental overdose while maintaining FDA-registered protection and EMS and law enforcement safety protocols. Now, when I'm not in uniform, I carry it in my EDC bag. There's also a 13.5-ounce foaming dispenser on the counter in the kitchen. And we use it multiple times each day. Here's one of the unique things about Clean Start. It is a 40 times concentrate. One 3.2-ounce bottle of concentrate makes one gallon of sanitizer wound care solution. The Clean Start Concentrate Pack comes with the concentrate pods, foaming dispensers, and a mixing bottle. It makes 9,600 uses for a family of four, which is really enough for over two years of daily use. Now think of the prepping benefits of this. Clean Start's more economical than an alcohol-based hand sanitizer. You're buying it in bulk, basically, and we have advocated buying in bulk, so that's a benefit. You don't have to carry a bottle of hand sanitizer and an antiseptic. It's a dual-purpose solution. And you folks know, and Krista's told you, how I can cut myself up. I can skin things, and not a week goes by that I don't get skin up somewhere. Absolutely. And so I'm using this all the time as an antiseptic, and it works great. Here's another benefit. Being a concentrate, it takes up very little in the prepper cabinet. You could store a five-year supply in a small box, and it stores indefinitely, and it's easy to mix. Here is a bonus for our listeners. Clean Start is offering a 25% discount when you use the link from practicalprepping.info. Fifth tip. Grow a garden. You know, we've talked about this before. Mark and I have talked about our garden, and we've suggested that you grow a garden. And many of our listeners already have a very impressive garden. Some of you are really into it. And so growing a garden has made very good use of a small amount of space where you've had your tomatoes and your cucumbers, your onions, your peppers. Uh, Some people are growing a salad garden. Some people are growing an herb garden. Grow a garden. You know, it really will save you money in the long run. And you get a sense of accomplishment when you have grown the food that you're eating. I mean, I think that really makes you appreciate it even more. Tip number six, learn how to make the most of your produce. Now, if you've ever grown a tomato plant, you know what I'm talking about here. It doesn't take many tomato plants for you to realize you've got an abundance of tomatoes. So you may need to learn how to can some of those things, turn them into sauce, turn them into uh, stewed tomatoes or extra kale. A lot of folks are making kale chips and they say they're really good. I've never tried one, but I understand they're really good. So yes, absolutely. Make the most of your produce. Tip number seven. Buy the whole chicken. Rather than buying the chicken that's already cut up from the grocery store, buy the whole chicken and then you cut it up. You're actually going to save a quite a bit of money per pound doing it that way. Or you could just take the whole chicken and instead of cutting it up 
in the raw state, go ahead and bake one or two or three or four chickens at a time and then cut up all the cooked meat and freeze it for later use. It really is a time saver and you can create different flavors of baked chicken. You can do a Mexican flavor. You could do a lemon one, a regular Southern roast or maybe a rotisserie. There's all different kinds of ways that you could do that. Tip number eight, buy the bones. Now what that means is purchase meat that's got the, the bone in it as well because you're going to pay less per pound if there's already bones in there. Plus, you can actually use those bones to make stock later on. Chicken stock or beef stock, really, really good with those uh, meaty bones. Tip number nine, be very mindful of the usage of your electricity. Now, I'm not saying that you have to live like a hermit and read by candlelight, but maybe set your lights on a timer and remember to turn off the lights when you leave the room. Unplug unnecessary items that just don't need to stay plugged in all the time. You might be amazed once you start paying attention to the amount of electricity, you might be amazed how much you can save on that bill. And trust me, those bills are going up. All the utilities in the United States are going up month by month by month. So we need to do what we can to save some money there. Tip number 10, be mindful of your water usage as well. You know, we do waste a lot of water. Let's admit it, we do. We just turn that tap on and we just let water run and don't even really think about it because we feel like, well, we're paying the bill. We should have access to that water. But just think for a minute, what if that water got turned off for a couple of weeks? What are you going to do? Maybe we need to th- Think about our water usage and our water storage, because there may come a time when they do turn utilities off for a couple of hours a day or a couple of days for the week. You never know what can happen. I mean, things like this have happened before, and it could happen again. Be very mindful of your water usage. That is a great Depression-era tip. All right, tip number 11. Here's one we talked about not too long ago. Pay for your purchases in cash. When you pay in cash, you are spending real money. I think you get a sense of what things cost when the money actually comes out of your hand and into the hand of another. We too quickly pull our debit cards and our credit cards and we put everything on those debits and credits. We don't even really think about the cost that's really involved. And if you start paying in cash, not only are you saving money in the long run because you're not paying interest on a cash purchase. But you're also becoming more mindful about the things you're buying. You might even stay in a budget quite a bit better as well. Tip number 12, learn how to can food. Now, I'm going to be stepping up to that myself. That is not something that I have delved into, but I want to. I really want to get into canning and preserving because I know a lot of folks are living close to a farmer's market or they're canning and preserving their own produce. And I think that would be a fun thing to learn. I know it takes quite a bit of skill and quite a bit of preparation, but it pays off in the long run. I was raised on food that was preserved. My parents were raised on food that was preserved, and it was always good and always delicious to have that fresh corn, those green beans, those tomatoes and peaches in the dead of winter. Ah, it's just delicious. So that is a wonderful tip. All right, tip number 13. Save your scraps. Now, what does that mean? In the Great Depression, people actually had what they called a scrap jar. They would put their lemon peels and their uh, potato peelings and the the strings out of the green beans, and they would just have these food scraps, and they would create compost with that. 
This makes wonderful organic compost, which will really enhance your garden. And not just food scraps, they saved other kinds of scraps as well. There are uh, many a quilter will save fabric scraps, and they have created the most gorgeous and beautiful quilts out of what otherwise would have been throwaway fabric. And see what they did? They took something that was really, you know, destined for the wastebasket, and they made something useful out of it. In fact, cherished and valuable. So those food scraps, those fabric scraps, hey, you can even keep eggshells. Rinse out your cracked eggshells, let them dry, crush them up, put them into the root balls of the plants that you are planting for your garden. Eggs make a wonderful calcium source and fertilizer for your plants. There's so many ways that you can take scraps of things and use them again. That's a wonderful Great Depression era money tip. Tip number 14, learn how to upcycle your furniture pieces. Now, you know, when your grandma and your great-grandma, when they wanted a new dining room set, they didn't just go out and buy a new dining room set. They did something with what they already had. They may have sanded it and put a new coat of finish on there, maybe a different wood stain. Maybe they painted it. They just utilized what they already had and kind of zhuzhed it up to make them feel very happy. And so that's something you can do. Instead of just throwing all your furniture out and buying new, why don't you just upcycle what you already have. There's so many videos on YouTube and the internet about upcycling your furniture, or maybe you have found a really interesting antique. Maybe it needed a little bit of love and care, and you can upcycle it, make a really nice piece out of it. That is so Great Depression era, but I so admire the artistry and the imagination that it takes to upcycle your furniture. Okay, tip number 15, make your own gifts. You know, Ralph Waldo Emerson is a great American poet, and he uh, often wrote many essays about gift giving. And he said something that you have made or created means so much more to the recipient and to you because you've taken your time and your imagination and your love to create something that would be so cherished by the recipient. Make your own gifts. It's really a great idea anytime. Even if you don't consider yourself very crafty, you can assemble out of your own imagination, bath and beauty basket for someone or tailor make some types of ingredients for a dinner and create a nice gift basket for that because it's something that you have assembled and you have given to someone who have so much more thought and so much more time and effort that was put into it. It just means that much more. All right, tip number 16, try some natural remedies. This is a great idea, particularly for a lot of our prepper listeners that are herbalists. Some of you are making your own ointments and your own tinctures and your own lotions and potions and things. Natural remedies have been around for a long, long time, and they're just as popular today, if not more so. Perhaps it could be that instead of running to the doctor or the pharmacy for some pricey medication, maybe if you just did some natural remedies or even pay attention to your own hydration. Did you know a lot of people that complain of aches and pains are just simply dehydrated? And if they will hydrate properly, they'll find that those aches and those pains seem to magically lessen or disappear altogether. So trying some natural remedies, some natural herbs. There's so many books and uh, YouTube videos about that sort of thing that's out there. You can definitely research that. All right, tip number 17. Don't pay for what you can do yourself. You know, 
Back during the Depression, our parents and grandparents couldn't have even dreamed of paying a pizza guy $20 plus a tip to bring a pizza to the house. That was just unheard of. I mean, people were just making their own food at that point. And you know, you can cook your own food. You can wash your own car. You can wash and dry or dry clean your own clothes. You can take care of your own yard. You can actually make meals and even put some in the freezer for later. There's so much you can actually do yourself that you don't have to pay someone else to do. It would be not only a great money-saving tip, but it'd give you better pride in some of the things you are doing. And think of the example that you're setting for your children. When they see that mom and dad can do this and that you've accomplished something that's very meaningful, it kind of motivates them to be able to see that they can do that as well. Number 18, don't just blindly spend money. Whether you're buying a car or a can of soup. Don't just blindly spend. Compare prices. Look for the best deal. There is no shame in buying an item that's on sale because you've done your research. You can head to the internet for tips on saving money, but do some research before you even spend a a little or a lot. That way you know that you've made the most intelligent decision with your hard-earned money, and I need to employ that one myself. Tip number 19. Use everything up. I actually know of people that get to about 60% of a bottle of lotion or a tube of lotion and just go ahead and throw it away because they think, well, I'll just go ahead and buy a new one. There's 40% more product in that container. You can snip the tip off if it's like a tube and squeeze the rest of that lotion out and still use it. Use it all the way up. Don't get the idea that it's just so convenient that I can just run to the drugstore or order on Amazon, you got to start thinking about, hey, what if those things are not available to me? Maybe I can save money a little bit here, a little bit there, and pretty soon we're talking about real cash. So use what you have and use it all the way up. And here's another tip inside that tip, and that is women in the Depression era, they didn't ditch a pair of shoes just because the lady up the street got a new pair of shoes. Our grandparents and our parents, they just polished up the shoes that they had or they made repairs or they they actually had shoe repair back in that day. And believe it or not, there are still shoe repair places that exist today. Get some use out of what you already have and use it all the way up. You know, even things like coconut oil. There are, no exaggeration, there's got to be a thousand uses for coconut oil. If you'll just Google coconut oil or YouTube or look on Pinterest, you can buy coconut oil and there are so many uses for it that you'll want to use it all the way up because you'll find that anywhere from shining your shoes to conditioning your hair, coconut oil is a great product to purchase and have on hand. And Last but not least, tip number 20. Buy reusable products instead of disposable. You know what the hottest thing in the market is right now? Washable diapers. Who'd have thunk? You know, back in the 50s and 60s and even the 40s, 50s and 60s, when my mom was having babies, it was cloth diapers and she washed and bleached and sanitized her own diapers and they got used on all of our little bottoms, all six of us. Now, Fast forward to when I had my child, oh, I was a modern mother. I used disposable diapers. I estimated that I probably purchased anywhere from fifteen to 18,000 diapers for my child, and I justified that because I didn't want to wash diapers. Can you compute the cost of what I spent 
in diapers? How much does 18,000 diapers cost today? I was buying them in 1989. I can't imagine what they're costing now in 2022. Oh, my word. Get cloth diapers. They're actually better quality, and it's not that big of a deal to keep them clean. Invest in really good quality linens, bed linens, towels, uh, kitchen towels. These types of things are meant to last for years and years and years. You know, you don't have to live like a frugal hermit, but you do want to make your money go farther, last longer, and have more intelligence when you do purchase. So these 20 money-saving tips from the Great Depression era are shared here for your consideration with a hat tip to the homespun hydrangea for today's podcast because I wanted to share that with you from the reading that I was doing on Depression-era money-saving tips. I think there's something in there that we can all use, and I've enjoyed so much reading this and even adding some of my own ideas in there as well. I would love to hear from you. I would love for you to drop us an email. Hey, when you're on the website, go to the Amazon banner and do some Amazon shopping. We still have some fantastic Father's Day gifts that you can examine. And there's also some recommended items for preppers as well. We really want you to check those out. And if you haven't subscribed yet to the email newsletter, please drop us an email that says newsletter. You know, sign me up. We'd love to include you on our twice-monthly newsletter that will be coming out. We've got another one going to drop very, very soon. Listen, we appreciate you listening. Thank you, Practical Preppers, for supporting us, for listening to us. We're hearing from a lot of you, and we do appreciate that. You know, stuff happens. We want you to stay prepared. Mark and I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Practical Prepping Podcast. You can contact us through email at info at practicalprepping.info or on Facebook. The link is in the show notes. Until next time, remember, stuff happens. Stay prepared.